Hello, Door Creek Church. I'm Pastor David, one of the pastors here at Door Creek Church. Thank you so much for joining us today for our service. I truly do appreciate during these times, um, God has enabled us to worship Him virtually, but as long as we're worshiping Him in spirit and in truth, it's going to be okay. Thank you so much for, for joining us. So we're going to be continuing a seri our series here on Now What? And today's message will be when God calls, now what? Right? And we'll be coming from Genesis chapter 12. Um, we're going to be talking about a man named Abram. Yes, Abram. And many of you know him as Abraham, which is the same person, just God changed his name. So we'll be speaking of Abram prior to being Abraham. And we'll be looking at his call in his life. And his now what moment, as we all have those now what moments, you know, those when we get a call in the middle of the night or when we get a call when our our um, our um, significant other is is expecting and like the water broke. Now what? Contractions are less than three minutes. Now what? Well, get the bag, get all of this. Yeah, you know it. You get those calls and it's a, a now what moment. Well, God calls us into specific things and a lot of times. We don't know all the details, but we trust God that he knows what he's doing. So Abram, I would like, I like to say was drafted by God. Okay. He was drafted. I'm thinking about a lot of those NFL players last week that got the call and they had that now what moment, maybe a young man, 19 years old, 18 years old, getting a call or 21 years old, I should say, getting a call, living down in Louisiana. And now he's called to go to Seattle, Washington, totally different from the culture that he knows. But it's a now what moment. I had a cousin who played peewee football, high school football, college football, all right here in the same location, Madison, Wisconsin. And he was drafted by the New England Patriots. So he's going off to Massachusetts, from Wisconsin to Massachusetts, totally different culture. He had a now what moment. But God drafts, and when a draft means it's to select a person or group and bring them somewhere for a certain purpose. That was truly Abram's story. Now, Abram did not choose God. God chose Abram. God drafted Abram. In the draft, you don't choose where you go. You are selected to go somewhere. So God chose Abram. I want to open up with this statement. Being called away from a place of comfort and familiarity to a place unknown can leave one feeling uncertain and fearful. However, you must trust God in the process of your call. <laughs> Amen. You must trust God. Yes, you, you may be called into some place unfamiliar, uncomfortable, uncertain, and you got these feelings of being fearful. But trust God because trusting God can relieve you of the fears. Amen. So we're going to look at Abram. Abram's story starts here. Um, Abram was the son of Terah. Terah, who lived in Ur of the Chaldees, left Ur to go to Canaan. Okay, remember that. Terah was on his way to Canaan. But he got as far as Haran. And he settled in Haran. Okay, settled. People of God, we should never settle for less than what God promises or what God purposes. Terah 
settled in Haran. God wanted them to get to Canaan, the promised land, the, lo- the land flowing with milk and honey, the land of plenteous, the land of prosperity. So God drafted Abram. Terah died there in Haran. God drafted Abram. And Abram, with his wife Sarai, and his nephew Lot, and all of his possessions. This is what, and this is where it all begins. Genesis chapter 12, grab your Bibles, please. And in this electronic world, your iPod, your iPad, your iPhone, or if you need them, your eyeglasses. Just grab them at this time. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. This is the call of Abram, his promotion. God is calling Abram from his country, which is his culture and his comfort, his people, which is his family and his friends, and his father's household, which is his history and his home. God is calling. Now, did God ask Abram, do you want to go? God said, I'm calling you. Go. Okay. When God says go, you better go. Now, this is a now what moment for Abram. I can relate leaving culture, family, and history. In July 2017, I got the call. It says, congratulations. You got the job. (laughs) What? Now what? Oh my goodness, that means I'm leaving my culture, okay? I I came up in an African-American Baptist church. We had different kind of music, different style of worship. Hey, I'm going to leave that. Family and friends who were part of what I was doing, leaves, not all of them came over. And then the south side of Madison is where I did all my ministry for 30 years. Here I am coming to the north side of Madison, coming to a new culture, uh, 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 more of European-American style of worship. Like, this is totally different. Lord, this is not my comfort. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. Yeah, totally different. Now, usually on a Sunday, if I'm preaching, I would have a jacket on and a tie. But different culture, different, okay? So you adjust what you're leaving behind, you're gaining more because you're obeying God. You never lose. You have more to gain than you have to lose. Amen? So getting that call in a now what moment, meaning I accept, I'm going to do it because I'm trusting God in the process of this call. God called Abram to leave everything he was used to, everything he knew. He was specific. God was specific. He said, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household. But where God was telling him to go, God was not as specific. God said, you're going to the land. Well, what, what's the name of the land? God, can, can you give me a little more details? And he said, I will show you. People of God, it takes faith. It takes trust. It takes hope to, for God to tell you you're going somewhere. Get in the car. Don't worry about where you're going. I'll show you. Listen, who hit any of us? Will you get in the car with anyone that's not telling you where they're going? They said, oh, just drive. I'll show you. Oh, no. I want to know details. That's why we have to trust God. Because God's not going to give you all the details. Because if God gives you the details, you will mess them up. I will. 
Okay, so God told him, you're going to the land. This was not just anywhere. This was the land that God had picked out to become a great nation and to be a blessing. Okay, so God is telling you, he's not telling you where you're going, but he's telling this is what's going to happen. You're going to be a great, you're going to be a great nation and you're going to be a blessing. So questions for you to ponder. What is God calling you from? Okay, not what are you running from? It's a difference between running from something and running to something. You, whenever you leave something, people always want to ask you, well, what are you running from? I'm not running from anything. I'm running to something. Different motivation. Hey, I'm running to something. So what are you, is God calling you from? And do you know where you're going? Ponder those questions. Now look at the promise to Abraham, his purpose. Verse 2, God says, I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse them or him or whoever curses you. I will curse them. This is what God says. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. This is the word. This is not something that Abram made up. This is not something someone made. This is what God promised. You will be a blessing. You will be a great nation. I will make you into a great nation. I know you might think you're not much now, but wait until I get done with you. You will be made into a great nation because this blessing isn't just about you. It's about others. It's bigger than you. Your call is bigger than you. Hallelujah. Your call isn't not just about you and what yours, me, mine, and, and, and what I have. Your call is about blessing, touching, lifting other people. So there's no time to be selfish because this is God's work. This is God's calling. This is God's purpose on your life. You've been drafted. Now go where he sends you. I will make you a great nation. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Everyone who blesses you, I'm going to bless them. So they don't have to be afraid to bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. I will curse. Whoever stands against you, whoever curses you will be cursed. God is saying to Abram, I got you. I got you. Don't worry, Abram. You don't have to defend anything. I got you. He said, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. It's bigger than you. Again, like I say, it's bigger than you. All the peoples on the earth. That's me. That means me. That means you. Jews, Gentiles, everyone will be blessed because of Abram's obedience. See, your obedience opens opportunities for others to be blessed. Yeah, remember that. Your obedience will provide for others. Yes. So let's be obedient. God made the promise, the promised land, land of Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey, as he told Moses and the children of Israel later, later on when you, when you go through the word you know, in, the, in the Exodus, you know, the, flow, the, 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 the land of prosperity, the land of plenty is. God is promising. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to have hangups. It don't mean you're not going to have hiccups. It doesn't mean you're, gonna have, you're not going to have challenges. All part of living for God and walking this journey for God and trusting God is that we will have challenges. But challenges can turn into championships. Yes, we can champion our challenges. God is able and has never failed and will never fail. How can... I be a great nation 
Abram might ask, and I'm just me, me and Sarah, we have no children, we have no one. God's going to take care of that. God makes a promise of redemption, blessing and redemption. Jeremiah 31, 31, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. A new covenant. This is all because of one man, Abram, who obeyed God so that you and I could be blessed. Yes, we ought to love each other with an unconditional love because we're only here because of the grace of God and the blessing because of Abraham's obedience. So two more questions I want you to ponder. What is your purpose? Not your ideas, okay? Not your, your you know, ooh, I just thought of something really neat. No, what is your purpose? That means that it's a passion down on the inside that you can't shake. No matter how many times people try to tear it away, you can't shake it. It's your purpose. And how are you a blessing to others? Not just accumulating everything for yourself or not just considering worrying about yourself, but how are you a blessing to someone else? Ponder those questions. Answer them. Now let's look at Abram's journey. This is his process. So the answer to God's call says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. That was Abram's nephew. Abram was 75 years old. When he set out from Haran, he took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all the possessions that he had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. They took their journey to the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Okay? They arrived in the land of Canaan. Now, Canaan wasn't just a place. Remember, it was a territory. Okay? And there were several places that Abram traveled through in the land of Canaan. So he's got everything. So he went, he answered the call of God. Well, he went not because he was tired of where he was. He went not because he just wanted to try something new. Abram went not because it was popular to go. He went not because he felt pressured by the people. Abram went because he was sent by God. See, that's the key is being sent, not just went. He went because he was sent by God. So he's now in the process of going to this land. Verse six, Abram traveled through the land, meaning he just stopped in different places, as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Now here you are, you're coming to this land. This promised place that God tells you, and you finally arrive there in that land, and what do you find? Other people occupying it. Wait a minute. God, you promised me this. Why are there other people? Lord, you promised me this job. You promised me this position. You promised me this house. Why are other people there? Why are other people going for it? Why, God? There are people living in the land, God, that you promised. They are taking up all the milk and honey and taking their, they're ruining the land. They're eating all the prosperity and the plenteous. This is what God said to Abram. God appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. Boom, that's all. That's all God needs to say, right? That's all God should need to say to us is that you're all worried. You're all stressed out. 
You're all you're trying to manipulate. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to fix it. You're trying to kick people out. You're trying to do this, making up stories about people. And, you know, and God said, listen to your offspring. I'm going to give this land. This is yours. And God is not man that he should lie. If he said it, he's going to do it. And he did it. So Abram had so Abram heard God say, I will give this land to your offspring. So what did Abram, how did he respond? He responded by building an altar. That's significant, folks, because by him building the altar signified to God, here, I'm going to sacrifice. Here, I'm going to worship you. Here is a place, is a land that you have anointed. He built an altar. Even if the place was temporary, he wanted to worship God where he was, even if it's temporary. So I want to ask you, are you worshiping God where you are, even if it's temporary? Yes, this is not where you're going to be forever, but are you complaining where you are or are you worshiping God? Are you building an altar or are you building a case why you shouldn't be here? Let me tell you, don't build a case why you shouldn't be here. Build an altar and worship God. Sacrifice there at that altar. God will see it and accept it. The living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That's your reasonable service. And are you building homes where you should be building tents or pitching where you where you're um, where you should be pitching tents? Okay. Now, this is why do I say that? Because verse eight says, from there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent, okay? Meaning, this is not, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm pitching a tent. I'm not building a house. I'm pitching a tent. I can take it up and I can go. With Bethel on the east and Ai, um, Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, there, what did he do? He built an altar to the Lord. So as he moved from one place to the next, what was in common? He built altars, okay? He pitched a tent because he wasn't staying there, but he built an altar because God blessed him there, recognizing and acknowledging God in all his ways so his path and our path can be directed. So he built it and he called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Okay? And we know the story. You can read um, the rest of the stories that Abram settled or he, he, he didn't settle. When, when they came into the Negev, there was a famine and the famine was a distraction. It was an unexpected thing. So he had to go down into Egypt. Okay. Again, Abram was trying to control things, told Sarah to say, you're my sister and not my wife. And, you know, you know, lying about who Sarah was. Okay. Trying to control the narrative. We try to control the narrative. Listen, just trust God. You ain't got to lie. You ain't got to make up something. You ain't got to manipulate it. Just trust God and his power will be manifested in you. Went out to Egypt with a famine. And he came back. He and Lot had accumulated so much that the land where they were could not hold them. They were so prosperous that they had to split up. Okay? And they split up. So here God has shown Abram the blessing. But yet still, Abram has no, he has no seed. There's nothing for him to, to grab hold to, to really trust God. But listen, Hebrews 11 8 through 10 says, by faith, Abram, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going, <laughs> by faith, what? By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob 
who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So he knew that if he trusted God, that all the blessings that were promised to him would come. And Hebrews sums it up for us that Isaac and Jacob, they lived and they, he, he had the promise that God promised him seed. Abram said, well, I'm 99, I'm 100 years old. What kind of seed? And he tried to control it by, by going with Hagar and having Ishmael. But that is not the blessing that God promised. See, God doesn't give up on us. Even when we make mistakes, even when we try to control the narrative, even when we take matters into our own hands, if we get back right and repent, God won't give up on us. His calling to us are irrevocable. His gifts and calling, and Romans says, his gifts and calling to us are irrevocable. If he calls you, he means he's going to stay with you. He's going to provide for you. So your application to take away today, trusting God can leave you feeling full of hope. Trust God when the temptation to be in control holds its grip on you. Trust God when nothing you see, hear, or feel makes sense. Keep your hope quarantined from self-doubt, fear, and naysayers. Don't let that stuff trouble you. So, what's required to follow Jesus? What's required to answer God's call? Number one, following him requires your obedience. Number two, following him requires your trust. And number three, following him requires your sacrifice. Without those, you can't answer the call appropriately and you can't follow him. Jesus said, let you deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Today, I extend an invitation to you that if you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ and be a follower of him, Obey him, trust him, and make a sacrifice for him. Sin is a problem because all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Romans 3.23 says that. There's a penalty for our sin. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. And that death is not just physical. That death is spiritual death, separation from God. The payment for that sin is Romans 5, 8, God commended his love toward us, meaning he demonstrated his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the payment. And then the promise, Romans 10, 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Doesn't matter what your background is. Abram came from an idolatrous background where his father, Terah, worshiped idols. It doesn't matter where you're from, atheist family, Hinduism family, Buddhist family, wherever you may be from, God is not calling you because of your past. He's calling you because of the present. He wants to save you. So if you will pray this prayer with me today, repeat these words after me. Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you so much for joining us today online. And if you made that step to Jesus Christ today, you're more than likely having a now what moment. Let us know that you made that step so we can help you and give you some resources and we can pray for you. Because one soul that gives their life to Jesus Christ, the angels in heaven rejoice. God bless you.